Discover the power of HID mobile access and revolutionise how you manage your property's security and access systems. Utilising the HID mobile access app or integrating the solution into your building experience app, your office tenants can enjoy the seamless convenience of using a mobile phone or smartwatch as a credential to access doors, network, services and more. The solution will also provide you with valuable data to offer better building services and tenant experiences. So trust HID for reliable, secure and future-ready in-building technology that make the hassle of physical security passes a thing of the past. Visit hidglobal.com today. Welcome to the PropTech Podcast. It's Kylie Davis here, and I'm delighted to be your host as we explore the brave new world where technology, real estate, property ownership, design, and construction all collide. It's so great to have you here and to share stories with you of innovation, opportunity, and challenges. The aim of each episode is to introduce listeners to a PropTech innovator who is pushing the boundaries of what's possible across how we design, build, buy, sell, rent, and invest in property, and all of the associated behaviours and activities around that. And there's a lot. Now, none of this would be possible without our sponsors. So a very big shout out to HID Digital Identification and Building Access Solutions, EasyPay, making collecting payments easy for PropTechs, Dynamic Methods, the innovators behind Forms Live, REI Forms Live and RealWorks, Direct Connect, making moving easy, and the PropTech Association of Australia. Thank you for your support of the podcast. So buckle up for a niche, but super fascinating PropTech in this episode with my guest, Sean Lucas from Ascensus. Ascensus deliver end-to-end solutions for digital access for flex spaces, including connectivity, access control, and network infrastructure. Now that sounds simple, but you know what they say, simple at the front means a lot of complication out the back. And the nature of shared office space with all the different types of computers and systems plugging in exponentially increases that complication. And with hybrid working changing so many of our office spaces today, and flexible working space growing by a huge 30% globally, the services that Ascensis offer are in strong demand from commercial office owners. So here to tell us all about it, Sean Lucas, welcome to the PropTech Podcast. Thank you, Carly. Thank you very much for having me. Great to great to be on the podcast. Um, now, for our listeners out there, Sean and I have been trying to get together to do this interview for a couple of months now, but like be both people being sick and travel and all of that, this is about our fifth attempt to finally catch up. So it's so great to finally have you on the show. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing about Ascensus. I know it's a little bit of a niche kind of space, but I think there's lots to unpack. So first question is always the hardest, Sean. What is the elevator pitch for Ascensus? Yeah, sure thing. So Ascensus, we, we support landlords and, and leading flexible workspace operators um, to efficiently control and, and manage their uh, digital services uh, across flex spaces, but also their broader portfolios. Um, and, and really that's all in an effort to enable seamless occupier experiences and, and drive some operational efficiencies. Okay, fantastic. And, and well done. Nice short, nice short elevator pitch. So I just want to get really clear. So this is a commercial real, um, prop tech, you're a commercial prop tech, right? Yeah, correct. So yeah, primarily commercial real estate and 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 um within that as well, sort of flexible, flexible real estate or flexible workspaces as, as part of that space. Okay. So help me understand the flexible workspace 
industry or the shape and size of that? How how big is that in Australia? What's the um and what are some of the the issues that the industry is facing? Yeah, sure. It's um it's a very uh, sort of pertinent question given the the current machinations in the industry, right? But give or take, you could say sort of global penetration of, of flex used in its broadest sort of term. So I think JLL put out a, a statistic around three years ago now that the flexible workspace would rise to about 30% of all commercial real estate by 2030. And, and at the time it was sort of about two or three percent. So quite a quite a huge growth in front of it, right? But you'd say across Australia blended, there'd probably be around that three to five percent of, of total commercial real estate. Um, again, depending on how you define it. But in some of the more mature markets globally, such as London, where, where a census is headquartered, for instance, that's that's uh, up around sort of nine to ten percent of the total market already. So, I think years ago, thirty percent was seen as quite a bullish um, forecast by by JLL. But I think given where we're at and, and sort of where things are moving towards, I, I dare say that's probably bang on. Maybe even a little bit sort of um, undercooked a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to extrapolate some numbers here because we know the commercial asset class in Australia is about a trillion dollar asset class. So basically flex workspace or flex commercial is what about 300, but my math is terrible. Um, three, three to 500 million, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, and so well, <laughs> it's interesting, right, because globally you've really got two different cohorts and, and that's the difference. Yep types of clients that, that we support at a census. You've got the landlords and and their broader portfolios and then the flex workspace operators. And so that's evolved really significantly over the last um, couple of decades. So with the rise of WeWork, I think in particular, but prior to that, you had ServeCorp, which is an Australian-based um, serviced office company and, and, and IWG and the like. So that evolution, so you had that real hyper growth phase post GFC all the way up and through until COVID. Um, and I think we're really hitting this sort of second phase of the industry whereby landlords and operators either in combination or, or sort of working fairly collaboratively are going to drive that, that next adoption rate um, moving forward. Because this is really tied into, isn't it, to that kind of post COVID Work, working life, right? So, like that whole idea of going into the office, you know, sitting in traffic for 45 minutes, sitting at a cubicle, that's really not, and then going to maybe a meeting, that's not really doing it for, for knowledge workers any longer, is it? And that's why sort of flexible space is becoming post-COVID so important as part of the the office mix. Oh, definitely. And and I think that that, that exact intersection between flexibility technology and what the end user demands look like is is exactly where we sort of look to support our clients and and those trends are already happening pre-covid but the acceleration post-covid is is really quite incredible so yeah that exact end user journey right of when do I need to go into the office for what purpose and 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 what how does that sort of mix uh, eventuate throughout any given work week for knowledge workers um is is really um, putting putting um the accelerator on the, the flexible workspace industry sure so so let's dive down into exactly what census census does sure. tell us tell us sort of give us a user case or give us a story about that yeah definitely so we um we're both a technology and a software provider. And, and what we really deliver to our end clients, Kylie, is 
um, a number of different products, but our, our software is purpose built to manage exactly what we've just discussed there, sort of anything from across a portfolio, multi-tenanted spaces, flexible spaces, amenity um, space um, through an entire asset and and seamlessly enable those end user journeys. So onboarding the tenants and, and provisioning them digital services as they as they um, enter into the building. Uh, and then obviously at scale that becomes quite complex and you want to ensure there's those digital experiences. I think uh, one of your previous episodes, you mentioned sort of that, either losing your key card or entering in. Oh, my, <laughs> the hit guys, HID, yep. No, they're not able to find find sort of the, the network access or any of those just pain points, right? It's just really removing the friction for, from that day-to-day experience for the end users um, and how we facilitate that. So we've got the purpose-built software that, that both operators and, and landlords and building managers are using. And then we've got a um, private cloud infrastructure that we, we power globally. And so that's really allowing our clients to plug into that infrastructure and, and create smarter buildings and smarter spaces. Okay, fantastic. So. So why does flexible need something, why does flexible um, working spaces need a specific tech solution? Why doesn't, what do you guys do that is different to like a standard facilities management or property management for commercial real estate? Yeah, sure. It's really, again, there's just those changing um, patterns and into what the sort of tenant and user expectations are. So I think you said in, in years gone by, right, it was a it was a blank box, a, a grey box on a 10 or 12 or 15 year lease commitment. And, and the tenants were really expected to sort of engage with their preferred providers and and in, in a fairly sort of complex ecosystem, fit out the space, get the technology ready for that space, and then manage all of that in-house. So that that completely um, decouples from from a more flexible environment where you can take the space on on demand, right? On a matter of hours or days for, for shorter term commitments for some of these these medium sized and, and larger sized corporate users as well. And so it's really managing the complexity and the velocity of of then those uh, tenants and and how you how you sort of provision those services. So again, everything was sort of long-term, fairly fixed annuity in, in the good old fixed days. Fixed in stone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pre-2019. Um, nice long lead times to actually need to yeah. do anything, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll do the fit out over a nice four, five, six-month period, not sort of stand the yeah. stuff in a matter of weeks. And and that that changing dynamic is just is just adding complexity. And I think there's so many parallels across other industries to, to draw, right? It's sort of... That, that driving um, force that is more B to C and end user um, demand driven is, is really sort of accelerating those changes. And in an industry that oftentimes, again, sort of pines for sort of long-term um, security and, and, and a, a very fixed process and way of doing things, IT and, and these digital services really sort of um, start to become quite complex to manage. Yeah, okay. So... So, so you mentioned before that um, that you that your clients are landlords and then also tenants that are that are using the system or like the, the short term. Yeah, so so both landlords. So it's, it's really the sort of the supplier side of the industry, I guess. So 
our clients and clients, uh, tenants and, and, and the end users um, within these spaces, but our, our main um, clientele are really large-scale landlords with, with sort of quite large um, portfolios and then flexible workspace operators similarly with sort of quite a large um, in a number of locations or quite large sort of offerings within a particular asset. Right, and so those flexible work, those flexible operators, they're using the system to manage their their tenants because they've got lots of tenants sort of coming, you know, coming and going for short periods or you know, booking spaces and things like that. Exactly right, and with all fairly um, ever changing and 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 sort of fairly demanding IT requirements as well, right? Everyone. The, the 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 cake and the ability to eat it hasn't gone anywhere. It's just sort of shifting that onus back onto the, the our clients as far as the end users, the tenants that that need these um, services provisioned. Um, they they again they they probably still do it themselves as far as the corporate and, and the larger enterprise users. But there's an expectation that everything just works seamlessly, highly secure. It's all enterprise grade, and so. That, that starts to sort of, um, again, uh, become a, a fairly large, complex um, landscape to manage um, definitely at scale as well. Okay. So so your system is pulling in different services that that landlords or, or the flexible operators are telling you they want to offer or do you build them natively? Just give me a better understanding of that. Yeah, sure. That's a really good question. So we... We build, we can, the digital services can be built bespokely on behalf of our end clients. And so I think everything basically that a modern office environment needs to, to sort of work efficiently in, right? So all of your digital services, your connectivity, your access, um, having that unified. So again, that there is no, or there's very little friction in, in anyone's day to day experience. And so, I guess in an ideal world, you sort of, whether it's your home office or you're visiting someone interstate, you, you enter into a space, you don't have, as, as you mentioned, that sort of, oh, I've forgot something or I don't know what my credentials are or I need to get someone, someone yeah. to give me access into the space. So it's so a right starting at the very entry of the building, right? And then working your way into a given office space or a meeting room, um, the ability to seamlessly and securely connect into a, a network. Um, not have that. Is, is there a post-it note with sort of password one, two, three scribbled down on it somewhere <laughs> in a, a very long, uh, complex uh, network naming convention to, to try to enter into? And then what from there you can get sort of, you can go really quite technical and granular, but lots of different things about how we then support our clients to manage the, really the security and the um, resilience and uptime of those digital services. So nothing worse. I, I like to say that if, if you're on a 20, level 20 or 21 of a, of a building in the CBD and the AC goes out, you probably take your jacket off and continue on. If the lift's conked out, you'd be annoyed, but you'd take the fire stairs at the end of the day where if the internet's gone, I think you probably do maybe 20 minutes on a Teams call, tethering off your phone, and then and then you're you're out for the day, right? It's sort of it, it is now really sort of part and parcel, which is as, as plenty of Australians experienced two weeks ago with with one of the major telcos. <laughs> yeah, modern day amenity that we can't live without, right? So that's really sort of where we can step in and, and help our clients deliver something super powerful and, and resilient. Okay, fantastic. So, so I want to just understand too, are you a, a resident experience? Like, are you pulling in other residential experiences or are you just handling that tech side? 
Yeah, primarily tech and, and sort of yeah. digital infrastructure within a given space. Um, and then we work with, so we we offer our clients sort of white-labeled app and, and booking ac- and access control and the likes. Um, but we can also work, I guess, to your point, we can work with that broader ecosystem of, say, the building app and, and sort of whatever else um, might, might be in, in a fairly complex tech stack, we can we can work with those um, other vendors to, to deliver something, again, that the end user doesn't know that who's at the back sort of pulling, oh, all, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pulling all the strings. <laughs> and, and I don't know, when yeah. I walk into a building, I don't walk and first thing I say is, like, how resilient is your infrastructure? I just sort of want to get in and, and start working, right? So, yeah, we, we can work with a variety of those those partners to, to deliver that. Okay, fantastic. So, so um, what's your business model, Sean? Is um, are you are you subscription based or do you consulting or what's the what's the model yeah. around that? Yeah, so the, the platform itself is a is a SaaS based model. So yep. um, monthly monthly subscription, which includes sort of everything we've discussed, and we've got two sort of core separate service offerings. So there's the Ascensus platform, and then the Ascensus cloud, which is that highly resilient and secure cloud infrastructure that our our clients can again um, plug into and take advantage of. So. Subscription model over sort of whatever term defined. Um, and then we also can support with sort of activating the spaces right down to the actual sort of install and, and testing of the network hardware. Um, for a greenfield site, for instance, we'll go in and if there's five floors that, that you need to sort of offer connectivity to or a couple of spec suites, which you'd like to turn into fully plug and play um, options, we can go in and, and support on that as well. So just so that I'm clear on what that means, so if I'm a flexible office operator and I've got like a an an office in the office that I'm subletting out or, you know, like renting out the office, are you saying that that business inside that second space would have its own? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll do it all, right? So like, yeah, like right. the two primary use cases, you'd have a landlord, say, cutting up a floor into four spec suites. Yep. We can offer a unified digital solution and 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 have our um have our offering across all of those spaces so the tenant literally walks in and signs day one works day two yep. uh, and then for the flex operator it's yeah two or three or four floors depending on the scale of the location um and we we offer that across the entire space including the shared amenities the meeting rooms the lounges so then again users can come in speak about or request what they need from a from a digital services standpoint and a couple of clicks of a button that's all automated at the back end and, and they can start working straight away fantastic because i guess the last couple of weeks with the with the outage by optus yep. really has shown how important yeah. this <laughs> this this stuff is like right when it doesn't work nothing nothing works your small business that that you sort of you know, your pos is out of action or um sorry could you just hear my dog barking that's all right <laughs> my dog friendly it's a dog friendly podcast dog, yeah. dog friendly podcast. um <laughs> I'll start over. Um, yeah, exactly right. I think if, if you're a small retail business where you, your point of sale was out of uh, action for that period or very large scale corporates, right, that didn't have sufficient redundancy and resiliency built in and, and that stuff is catastrophic, right? Even, even if it only lasts for a day, it, it truly is, um, yeah, just so unbelievably important in, in the world we live in now. So that, again, is, is the way we help our clients deploy the infrastructure we've got 
sort of every every layer down that you go, we've, we've got dual redundancy and resiliency from a data center level to dual circuits to sort of 24-7 monitoring and, and sort of lots of orchestration and automation at the back end. It's it's all to just make sure someone having a bad day somewhere doesn't accidentally hit one button instead <laughs> of another and, and the whole world collapses in on itself, right? So, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a question. Are you happy with your current operational workflow? Are you really satisfied with printing, signing, scanning and emailing contracts and then having to wait days for them to be signed and returned? Well, I didn't think so. And I have some good news. There is a better way. Dynamic Methods is the team behind leading real estate industry tech platforms such as Forms Live, REI Forms Live and RealWorks. With a mission to make better happen, Dynamic Methods are dedicated to providing efficiency and productivity tools, boosting form technology to real estate agencies across Australia. Each month, 50,000 real estate professionals across 8,500 agencies from every Australian state and territory use Dynamic Methods form technology, empowering more than 7.2 million transactions a year. Dynamic Methods is also proud to host quality integrations with some of the prop tech industry's most powerful technologies, such as DocuSign, Secure Exchange, Equifax, and more, putting everything you need to get forms and contracts filled in, signed, verified, and exchanged into one easy platform. So if you're ready to ditch the pen and paper, make your agency look more efficient, head to dynamicmethods.com.au slash partners to learn more. This episode is sponsored by EasyPay. EasyPay makes collecting PropTech payments easy. As one of Australia's leading subscription payment providers, EasyPay is helping real estate and PropTech businesses to improve rental collection rates, transform arrears management, and increase cash flow. Built for integration with a focus on partnerships, EasyPay's platform works seamlessly with your existing PropTech software, giving you access to industry-leading features that enable complex billing and settlement to support trustless business models. Discover the power of payment automation and leverage one of the first platforms to enable the Pay2 payment solution at easypay.com forward slash PropTech. For almost 16 years, Direct Connect has made moving easy for over 1.2 million renters and homeowners by arranging connections to a wide range of services, from electricity and gas to internet and pay TV. With a national team of local account managers who are experts in the industry, Direct Connect are there to support your real estate business with competitive rewards for every successful connection, plus an industry-leading rewards program. The connection process is simple. And Direct Connect's always-on guarantee ensures your customers will be connected on the day they move in. Direct Connect offers a range of market-leading suppliers and Direct Connect has now made it even easier than ever to send connections directly integrating with MRI Software's property tree. So in just a few clicks while processing a tenancy, you can send the connection details through and get your customers connected. To make the right connection and find out how Direct Connect can make moving easy for you and easy for your customers, visit agents.directconnect.com.au or call 1300-558-169. So, so tell me how you got involved. Like, tell me the origin story of a census, Sean. Yeah. How, how did, and how did you get involved? Yeah, so I've been with the Census now for two years. Um, yep. the company's coming up, I think it's 17 years this year. So our founder, Mark Furness, um, and the co-founders, uh, founded in London, um, 2007. And 
started off again sort of really organically looking to meet the needs of at the time serviced office operators right and just probably the most uh, um, fortunate timing I guess like lots of tech startups that was in that era that that industry was evolving very rapidly into something sort of far more appealing, I guess, to a broader audience as it took that shift from, from serviced office or sort of corporate offices into co-working and, and WeWork definitely helped accelerate that trend. Um, and now we're across um, uh, multiple regions. So here in APAC, we, we've got an office based here in Sydney um, with a regional office in New York and, and Paris and our headquarters are still remain in London. Okay, and so how did you? And what what made you get involved? What's your background? Yeah, sure. So I'm not. A, I'm definitely not a technologist by trade, right? I'm not sure <laughs> if I've made that abundantly clear on this podcast uh, or not. But that's okay. Uh, Many of us aren't. <laughs> like, the industry needs all sorts to work. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, more the merrier. So I yeah joined the census as I said two years ago, um, and previous to that, I'd, I'd only joined the. Um, commercial real estate industry uh, in late 2017. And, and so I worked for a large global workspace operator in IWG. And then I worked for Knight Frank on the sort of um, consultancy side for a brief period as well. And it's one of those interesting things. I think um, I'd always sort of had an interest, I guess, in, in sort of technology and, and the software industry as a whole. And that was never really... Um, prepared to make that leap into something that sort of that was so far out of my my realm of understanding right so it sort of neatly converged I guess in a certain sense of as what a census offered what I think the industry is sort of increasingly going to to need to be supported on as far as technology solutions and then my background as far as the sort of the flex side of the industry um, was concerned oh and so what do you what do you love about it the most what have been the biggest challenges for you? Yeah, been well. It's it's just been just such a, an interesting. So putting all the macro aside, right? It's just such a, a fascinating time in the industry. You, you've got all of these um, yeah key themes really converging simultaneously, and I think um, where the where the industry is at at the moment is there's sort of there's, there's plenty of great solutions out there. I think again the the the, the large um, swath of of sort of institutional owners in particular um, have always wanted to support their tenants, but but it's never had to go to that extra sort of um, level as far as the service orientation, getting right down to that end user experience and the provisioning of those services that we've talked about, right? It's sort of, you make the space amazing, you, you, you build a great $1 billion premium grade asset, you have sort of the best of the best, or you re, you reposition an old asset. Um, but then again, a lot of that responsibility was left for the tenant and, and the tenant's sort of um, team and, and for, for them to sort of manage some of this stuff themselves. So I think it's it's just such a great time to be part of that sort of um yeah intersection between real estate and technology and and again I prior to joining the the industry I was in um logistics and I saw a lot of those trends as well right I think everyone when Amazon came along sort of way back when everyone went oh this is interesting and then sure enough within a five to seven year period they they just completely reshaped that landscape and I think really that's what sort of the industry as far as commercial real estate uh, is going through a similar sort of um yeah metamorphosis. Yeah, because I guess in the in the last five years, mm. 
we have really seen, you know, like as a landlord, your obligation mm. was to provide, you know, to make sure that the, the building had connection to, you know, I guess power, water, yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> some some sort of that, that they were the, the two essentials and, you know, it, the two essential services. But now we've gone from this idea that internet is or access and secu- digital security services are utility. something that that's yeah that's a utility and it's an essential service right we saw that last week with with optus right. um it, it is absolutely critical to to functioning um that's really interesting now I've got a question for you you know the whole issue, whole thing around we work mm-hmm. um uh, has that impacted you guys at all or or how what how has that affected the space that you're in yeah so it's it's um it it has impacted sort of the us and and the broader industry i guess in the sense that it sort of um again probably accelerated some of those conversations whereby landlords particularly in regions where there was a huge um amount of we work locations right oftentimes in quite sort of dense uh, dense um, core CBD um, uh, geography. So we, we uh, full transparency here, we, we work isn't isn't an existing client of ours. But what I think, and they were they were incredible for the industry. Right? I, I joined at a time where really that that hyper acceleration, not just of WeWork and, and their sort of marketing um, genius was was delivering, but but it sort of lifted all boats with that tide, right? And I'm pretty adamant of, I hold the opinion that if not for WeWork or someone else that would have come along to sort of deliver that disruption, um, that there probably wouldn't have been the necessary sort of step change in, in, I think that the, the broader industry that was required. I almost sort of draw the parallel between Tesla, right? It's it sort of the, the current OEMs, um, but for Tesla coming along and saying, okay, we're going to deliver EVs in 2008 and, and Ford and GM and Toyota sort of went, oh, yeah, sure, good luck with that. We'll see how you go. And then yeah. <laughs> suddenly we're, we're here, right, yep. where suddenly there's a bit of a scramble to to get on board the, the electric vehicle transition. So that's all to say I think that they were amazing for the industry. They helped educate lots of the um, demand side. So lots of corporate and enterprise users suddenly started incorporating that into their broader portfolios, right? Um, what's happened now in the last sort of, call it six months, I guess, since, since some of the um, liquidity and, and sort of bankruptcy um, concerns had, had entered, have entered into the picture is mean, meant that landlords are taking a keener interest and sort of more responsibility now they can do that themselves. There's some, some, oh, plenty of landlords globally now have very strong um, and and uh, operationally um, efficient flex offerings themselves that they run and manage and, and sort of deploy across their assets. Uh, or they can do that in partnerships. So plenty of our clients are, are coming into spaces, for instance, and, and taking over either an entire or a portion of, of any WeWorks that might have been handed back. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's going to be... Um, it's always interesting to have this sort of news wash over everyone this close to Christmas, right? But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting though because I think like what we've seen in flex space over the last, um, well, I'm going to say three years as a noob to the space and not really yeah. <laughs> paying much attention to it. But but you know, ten years ago, definitely, and probably five years ago, this or you know before rework. 
flex space was kind of like a second-class citizen in commercial property, right? It was like, well, you only did that if you weren't clever enough to coordinate a 10, 15, 20-year lease or whatever the deal was. And it was sort of, but we've seen it really, that WeWork's kind of gift to the industry has been to legitimise this as a really valuable way for people to work that that a lot of knowledge workers and 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 that supports an innovation economy and and lets sort of stuff, you know, let, gives a lot more flexibility literally to the to to how how we decide to function as businesses. Oh, could, couldn't agree more. And and that that exact so that that sort of trend away from from long term sort of fixed leases and and again there there was always that demand within the industry and you had sort of large. Uh, either small businesses looking to set up an office, this is going back sort of 10, 20, 30 years ago, um, or, or plenty of global corporates who wanted to set up a small regional office, for instance, in a, in a new market entry. Um, but again, we work and, and then following that, their peers, so IWG sort of in, in their spaces brand, Industrious, who, who are one of our largest clients, quickly followed in the heels of, of sort of that growth and, and just changed and now deliver a, a far superior product right um mm. and look at some of the the australian homegrown um operators here and and they do offer such an incredible product i again I'm, I'm not a fit out expert I'm, I'm i'm not a sort of workspace manager myself but it's it's hard it's even if you've got a lot of resource and a lot of time and money you've you, you really need to sort of Commit and, and both both in um, in term and then then the uh, vision you need to deliver thereafter, right? Like fitting out a two thousand square meter space, whatever resources you have, is is not easy. And and these these operators and, and landlords who are delivering these types of services and solutions really are the experts. It's sort of, mm. I'd never buy a, a chassis of a car and say, "Oh, let me do the interior," right? I'll uh, yeah. <laughs> Once I've got the car in my hands, it's sort of you, you want everything end to end, and if it can be packaged up and, and priced accordingly, and with sort of here's the keys, hand it over, away you go. Then, then that's all for the better, in my view. Yeah, yeah, I I love it. I because I compare it to my own life experience. Like when I was in my twenties, I had a local newspaper company, and I had sort of 12, 13 staff, yeah. and the hot and you know rent and the need to have a place to put those people to do their job and and then the infrastructure that sat behind that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to, to do and certainly the hardest the, the the biggest kind of expense that I had to you know your capital outlay that I had to to manage and I mean and all and we, we literally we literally had MDF desks attached to the wall because that was all we could, and secondhand office chairs because that was all we could afford. But um, but still, like really, really big output for the business. And then I think sort of you know that in the last five years, having gone back into startup land and with the PropTech Association and and Home Prezo even find a find a shared workspace um, and turn up with your laptop in your in your rucksack and that's job done. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I think again, the the industry um, more broadly had like it was really waiting. I think on, on some of those shifting work patterns and, and sort of flexibility that that would allow that, but also the technology to to easily facilitate it. And I think other industries. That's again, if you look at a small business, 
they'd never dream sort of if, if they're a, I don't know, a small boutique advertising firm, right? They'd never sort of say, oh, let's build our very own um, proprietary accounting software and, and we'll let's start a little point-to-point courier for all our logistics needs. Like everything's always been outsourced. I think the reason why workspace and, and commercial real estate was sort of just slowly uh, sort of evolving into where we are today um, was the technology need to sort of catch up. These are, yeah. these are large obviously expensive and, and and very complex assets that that um, any of these spaces exist within and so once you had that that growth period through the the sort of um, post gfc um, period and then the technology started to even more quickly and efficiently support those those large scale multi-site portfolios and and consistency of offering um then then we've arrived to where we are today and i think that's only going to accelerate again to sort of more of the broader market becoming um flexible again in the loosest um loosest use of the term but but flexible in nature moving forward yeah no i just think of the old days when i used to have a in our in our meeting room we had all the servers stacked up and i had to hire a man in a cardigan to come and (laughs) So that, look that, after them on a regular that, basis. That, no, no offense, that man in the <laughs> The tens of that. He was a young guy, but he still wore a cardi. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, the tens and tens of thousands of dollars that I spent on just trying to keep it functional. Oh that, God. That anyway, but and and compare that to today. What a time to be alive. Um, so like Sean, the, the work you do, like this, the space that you're playing in is really niche. Is there what's the competitive? Are you guys the only ones in this space, or what's the what are the options if uh, and competitor set look like? Yeah, so the uh, the broader industry, I guess, there's a couple of different options. I guess if you want to deliver, you can, you can DIY it and, and do it in house and do it yourself. You can work. Hire your own man with a cardigan. Well, I was going to say, no <laughs> man with a cardigan, but that that is exactly why a census exists and and who we, uh, in essence, sort of look to support and 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 um, automate a lot of those processes, but. Uh, you can you can do it yourself. You can do it internally, but again, that that complexity very quickly starts to become a bit of a runaway train, right? Especially once you're across multiple sites within a, a fairly large portfolio. Um, there's other partners who can sort of look to like a, an MSP provider and then sort of structure this stuff in a sort of more fragmented tech stack. But um, our view, and, and there are some sort of similar products, I guess, in the market, but our view is, is we do everything fairly unique as far as that end-to-end solution. So from the, the cloud infrastructure to the actual install and, and um, testing and, and go and um, go live with the space proper through to then the software and its ability to manage all of this um, quite easily on, on behalf of our clients. Um, that putting that power back into their hands really, right? So they're not sort of wholly reliant on someone again in a cardigan raising a ticket or responding to a ticket on a given day, right? If, where responding you to my frantic and tearful phone call asking him to please come over and say You know, the, the cost went up. <laughs> you you crying at the end of the phone, right? The cost the per hour yeah. went up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the slightly, uh, the somewhat hysterical woman on the end of the phone, there was definitely a levy on that. Um <laughs> Dealing with the hysteria. Um, so, so what do you see? Are the what's the future look like for you guys? And what what are the trends that you see are going to impact your space? Um, what's your roadmap look like? Yeah, so it's a really exciting again, uh, sort of as a result of all these trends and, and machinations that we've discussed, right? But we've 
got a really exciting growth trajectory both both in Australia and APAC and, and then globally as well. Um, we, we work with some of the world's largest landlords and operators. So I think, again, as they start to deliver this across more of their assets within their portfolio and as more of the market sort of shifts in that direction, I think Australia, my, my view is always sort of, Australia's maybe a year or two behind sort of the likes of, of UK and US. And then some of our friends in sort of Southeast and East Asia are probably another year or two behind us uh, again on that trend line. But you've got markets such as London, for instance, where the large majority of, of spec suites and, and, um, sort of turnkey spaces, uh, are now offered with a connectivity solution, right? So it is plug and play in the truest sense of the word. And, and again, plenty of Australian landlords are now adopting that. Uh, operators offer that obviously by default. Um, but I think that trend is just going to continue to accelerate, um, moving forward. And then really it's sort of as you, um, increase that adoption rate as, as far as that sort of service orientated offering. Um, it's unifying that digital experience throughout the entire asset, right? So again, you sort of walk into a building and, and you're on your own private network. You're easily accessing all, accessing all the different spaces that, that you may need in a given day. And there's, there's never any sort of friction entering into that, into that conversation, which again, if you take yourself back to those years gone by where, so it was a, it was a dark unknown comms cupboard, right? Where maybe one or two people, let alone, could access, but probably one person actually understood what was going on in there. So, yeah, in the sort of digital first world, we need to sort of um, demystify that, and, and the easiest way to do that is just sort of automate and orchestrate a lot of those processes out and, and put it in a very sort of non technical interface for the likes of a community manager or building manager to to help um, facilitate. I love this because when when I did have my business and when I was being hysterical with my man and my comment to him regularly was I don't about how it works. I just I want this to be like a car. I want to get in it and turn the key and drive. That's all I want to do. That's what I want my people to be able to do. And and yet everyone would then try to make me understand all the, you know, what where the cords went and what the I don't know. And people, I don't even, I can't even begin to be, and, and that was my whole thing. I just want it to work. I, I don't, I am not a mechanic. I don't want to look under the bonnet. I don't care about the combustion engine, just make it work. And I guess this is where we are now. Exactly. And and it's like that, that sort of alphabet suit of, of acronyms, right? And, and <laughs> yeah. complexity that, that sort of just is, is par for course in this space is, um, really critical to get right because to your point when, when it goes wrong everyone knows about it right and <laughs> yep. whether whether so we all sort of or the half of the country experienced it a few weeks ago but it doesn't have to be a nationwide sort of outage to to create that that um that friction it, it can be someone simply not being able to get onto the network or access the, a particular space within a building and then guess what? The next time that user probably defaults to, to not coming in, right? And, and it's really sort of the, the expectations now have changed that if, if the term win the commute sort of gets brandied about a lot. And, and yes, that has to do with sort of, um, hospitality offerings and, and sort of a, a better, uh, employee experience once they're, they're in the workspace. But it also just becomes about removing any of those pain points because. Yeah. 
I can guarantee you if, if you go into the office and a few times concurrently, there's some issues that just cause undue stress and, and frustration in your day, then default goes, well, if nothing else, I know that my home internet and my laptop's going to open up, right? So, um, and then that becomes their problem. They, they have to sit on the, the, the line raising a ticket with uh, whoever's providing their internet in a given day. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, look, Sean, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you today. Thanks so much for your time. It's been great to learn about the census and the work that you're doing in this space. Thanks, Molly. Really, really great to catch up and thanks for having me on. So that was Sean Lucas from Ascensus, and I'm going to confess that I really enjoyed that interview and I found it fascinating. The cleverness of what Ascensus do is in its apparent simplicity, which hides a multitude of complexity, which is where some of the best prop techs really excel. I was reflecting on why it caught my imagination so deeply too, and I think it's because of the possibility that it opens up for landlords in repurposing commercial office space or for employers to rethink how they deliver workspaces for their teams. And that's what I really love, that the value proposition of an out-of-the-box connectivity solution seems really simple until you consider all the opportunities that it then opens up that would be impossible or even from a cybersecurity point of view, almost dangerous to do without it. And that just increases its value exponentially. So well done, Sean and the team at the Census. Now, if you have enjoyed this episode of the PropTech Podcast, I would love you to tell all your friends or drop me a line either via email or LinkedIn or on our Facebook page. And you can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor and Apple iTunes and anywhere good podcasts are heard. I would like to thank my podcast producer, the fabulous Charlie Hollands, podcast website editors, Jill Escudero and Shira Sexison and our sponsors, HID, Digital Identification Solutions for Your Building, Direct Connect, Making Moving Easy, Dynamic Methods, The Name Behind Forms Live, REI Forms Live and RealWorks, EasyPay, Making Collecting Payments Easy for PropTechs, and the PropTech Association Australia, Australia's industry body, which is supporting the flourishing PropTech community. Now, if you're an Australian or New Zealand PropTech who would like to be on the show, please drop me a line via LinkedIn or email Kylie at proptechassociation.com.au. Thanks so much, everyone. Until next time, keep on PropTeching. Do you run a PropTech business or are you the founder of a PropTech? Make sure you join the PropTech Association of Australia. It's Australia's new not-for-profit association made up of tech people who are passionate about the property industry and committed to improving experiences in how we buy, sell, rent, manage, build and finance property. Joining will give you access to events and networks across Australia and globally to help you promote and grow your business. Go to proptechassociation.com.au and follow the prompts to join. Thank you.